Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. Um, today, Alan Green is joining us again. Thank you very much, Alan, for joining us today. Thank you, John. Good to be back. Fantastic. So there's a few stocks that we're going to be covering today. Um, it's been quite a busy uh, week of corporate earnings in the UK. And um, we're going to start with probably one of the most widely held shares amongst retail clients in the UK, and that's BT Group. So they've had a torrid three years, probably three years plus at this point. Um, and today that's culminated in a dividend cut. So they obviously pointed as many companies have been to a um, impact from COVID-19 as a reason for actually cutting their dividend. But Alan, do you think that is an excuse for poor performance and they're jumping on the bandwagon of, uh, of COVID-19? Or do you think they've actually being materially impacted by uh, by the crisis? Well, I'm sure I haven't looked in detail at the figures from, from BT this morning, uh, Jonathan, but uh, I'm sure they have they have been impacted. Um, every company is going to be impacted, but but it's not so much uh, the impact at, at present. It's the the fact that um, we've had this warning from the Bank of England today that we were all set for um, the, the most severe crisis for 300 years, which is pretty... Uh, which is, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, pretty, it's pretty ominous in its tone. And I think probably companies are looking ahead and um, looking at how they, they, they could be impacted and how. And, and also, if you think of, you know, BT, I mean, they've got BT Sport. Obviously, BT Sport's been impacted because they've, um, uh, you know, the, the, the football games on the live sport isn't being shown. So that's had an impact on them. And of course, um, uh, you know, in, in, in the communications field, uh, Although BT effectively own a lot of the network, um, there are so many competitors now that BT can't earn from that area what it used to. So it's actually a dividend, which is going to save it money. But nonetheless, um, and I think it's suspended till 2022, if I recall correctly. So it is indeed. Yeah. So that uh, I mean, that's that's pretty that that that's a pretty ominous outlook for the company. And um, and I think you know you you we're probably going to see some major restructuring before too long too. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, they have said they're going to be investing quite heavily in the rollout of 5G mm. as well as um, their fibre network. Um, yeah. And that investment plan uh, was a reason for cutting the dividends, as well as the impact from COVID-19. But still, um, for shareholders in BT, a very painful day um, after what has been a, a very painful few years um, for for that company. Well, it, it's a strange thing on that. I mean, I've spoken to so many analysts, uh, and you know, they're all previously been so bullish on BT, think saying that it was way undervalued. I think at one twenty, one thirty, one forty, one fifty, and a share. And of course, here we are today. And uh, um, you know, the perhaps it was the underlying intention to invest heavily into five G that was the issue all along. But of course. Uh, their position has been compounded now by the COVID crisis and uh, and the forthcoming recession. Yes, so um, the, I mean whether, whether they're a buy here remains to be to be seen, but definitely mm. a company to to keep an eye on. Yeah, in the yeah. coming weeks. So 
Keeping on the subject of earnings, um, there's obviously a company there that's been negatively impacted uh, by by COVID-19 and and the lockdown. But there's two companies this week, Alan, which have given an an update, which um, have actually had quite a positive result in terms of the share price uh, movement in in, uh, recent weeks um, coming up to these results. And that's Halfords and Ocado. Mm. So... Starting with Halfords, Halfords uh, reported yesterday. Now, their sales are actually down about 23% um, in the month of April. Now, that is a lot higher than what the company actually expected. So their shares rose about 20% yesterday. So quite a substantial gain uh, from Halfords. Haven't yet recovered and and recouped the losses since uh, the beginning of 2020. However, they have actually pointed out one area of their business, uh, which I know, Alan, you're, you're uh, um, quite interested in, and that's their cycling business uh, yeah. in terms of uh, and the sales that they've had to, to key workers. Uh, I mean, Alan, do you think that's something that investors should take, uh, take heart in, that you know, this could be a, a significant shift going forward and, and Halford's business could see a sustained uh, increase in in uh, in sales in the cycling side of things, or do you think it's a it's a blip? And and as more shops open up, they'll, they'll start to see customers uh, go elsewhere. Well, I think there's a lot of competition in cycling, but the um, Halfords has always been the, probably the first brand you think of if you're thinking of going to buy a bike or cycling accessories. And of course, given the lockdown, um, probably bike sales have have continued to. Uh, to grow because um, because a lot of people obviously you can go out and have your daily exercise and uh, I, I get out on the push bike and and ride around here on the south coast it's a it, you know very fortunate with these roads down here but um, ironically um, there's a Halfords down the road from me and um, I, I did a I did go out because I'm in the process of restoring an old motorcycle and um, I I do rattle what I call rattle can paint jobs and um, I went to buy some some cans of of uh, spray paint from Halfords and um the the stores that, that I, I noted in the in their in their report they refer to them as dark stores that they, they have people working there but there's a perspex shield at the entrance and the car machine somewhere beyond that and everyone queues outside and you, you tell the people what you want and in they go and get them for you and it was very efficient and very quick so so i think um i think cycle sales will continue to grow but also you know their their, their core products, you know, car accessories and bits and pieces, uh, they're continuing to, to to sell those. And I noticed also there's a garage, the Halfords garage there. Um, there seem to be quite a few cars in there too. And of course, all of the uh, all of the mechanics there were working with their ovals and, and uh, shields and, and, and masks on. So um, yeah, it, it, you know, certainly, certainly there seems to be plenty of industry continuing at Halfords at present. So yeah. Looking good. Yeah, it's definitely a business that uh, has put in uh, a very strong business continuity plans there, and, and it seems to be um, paying off for them. So it's going to be interesting one to see whether that actually uh, um, follows through for the rest of uh, 2020. Yeah. And I think that's probably a similar question, uh, Adam, with Ocado. So mm. they had... Um, I think it was again in the in the period of of April, um, a forty percent increase in revenue yep. uh, 
compared against the uh, the year prior. Um, however, they are still saying that they're they're unable to um, sort of take on new customers due to the demand that's that's coming through. I mean, it, this sort of increase in demand, it, you know, it's obviously very much linked to um, COVID nineteen. Anna, do you think it's a case that? Um, these customers will sort of adopt the online um, shopping experience when they, you know, eventually can go back to the shop, or and it's it's something that's here to change. Or do you think, um, you know, their sales will slowly start to to move back to what they were sort of last year? That's well, I think, I think um, I think with the crisis, social distancing is going to be a factor from now on. I think it. it will fundamentally change the way we act. And I think a lot of people will, will continue with the social distancing for the rest of their lives, you know, because they've realised how vulnerable, you know, all of a sudden we're all very vulnerable to this thing. And and um, who knows what's going to be around in the future. So I think that's a factor for starters, which will obviously, um, I believe, have a positive impact in the longer term on online shopping. But um Ocado, uh, well, I have to say on a personal level, first of all, um, we uh, we have an Ocado account and we've been unable at any stage during the crisis to get on the site to place uh, a shopping order with them. So we, we gave up and went to Morrison's and no problem at all. Morrison's deliveries came straight out to us. So 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 there's a story, a story in itself there. Um, but also, yeah, they've had a 40 percent surge of sales since March. Um um, and, and they won't give guidance. They they see more normal, as I say, more normal shopping patterns returning. But they've come under a lot of flack too because the the, the board incentive scheme it's an open ended incentive scheme. And of course, if there's a surge in sales, all of the board earn you know handsome dividends too, which is which is right to a point. But CEO, the chief executive Tim Steiner is is due to pick up something like fifty eight fifty nine million uh, this year and. It kind of rankles a bit in the midst of the crisis, and you know, on a personal level, for me, I'm thinking, well, hang on, mate, I can't get onto your, I can't get onto your website to place an order, and yet, you know, you're worth this. You know, there's a there's a disconnect there. So, I don't think Ocado are endearing themselves to the market in that regard, and I think they're also facing um, stiffer competition because the other online supermarkets seem to have caught up with their offerings, their online offerings, um, and I believe, uh, you know. I believe that is the way things are going to go in the future. So, you know, whilst that the online grocery market is growing and growing and growing, Ocado are going to face more competition from uh, its competitors, and rightly so. So, yes, I mean, there's been uh, quite sharp uh, backlash from shareholders uh, this week on mm. that. So uh, we'll have to see whether they uh, they do anything about that or they continue with that, uh, that pay scheme. So... Obviously, Ocado's strength is in its online offering. And there's, there's another business which has actually um, completed some uh, mergers and, and acquisitions this week, um, very heavily focused on the online side of things. And that's the uh, the online gaming company Flutter Entertainment, Alan. So yep. they, uh, they own uh, Paddy Power. Uh, here in the UK, and obviously Betfair. Um, it was originally Betfair before they uh, they bought out uh, Paddy Power. Now, of course, uh, there's a lot of sports that have been uh, um, you know cancelled, so that has hit their reven- their revenue. But they've seen uh, a, a lot of uh, demand elsewhere in their online business. But they've also made an acquisition this yeah. week. Adam. So, what what does that look like? 
Okay, so Flutter Group, as you rightly say, John Jonathan, there the, it's uh, the owner of Paddy Power and Betfair, and of course the, um, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the the there was a proposed merger which has been with the with the uh, Competition Markets Authority that was and the CMA finally gave the green light um, in March to the merger between the Stars Group and Stars Group, of course, owns Skybet. Um, and this gives them it's basically the largest uh, well it's a 10 it's a 14 billion pound company now um you know one of the biggest uh, companies in the world and you know owns a, a owns a huge share sort of globally um now uh, the merger will save the company 140 million in costs um and it brings together flutter group with betfair and uh, paddy power have got 6 million customers and the Stars Group have got seven million, so it's thirteen million customers uh, uh, gaming. As you rightly say, the um, the ban on live sports has uh, has will have had an impact on them. But um, in any event, I think here's an industry that's probably ripe for consolidation. There are there's an awful lot of competition in the sector. You know, you're looking at Unibet, Labrooks, William Hill, uh, Coral, lots of others in the market, and I see I see further consolidation to come, um, and also. You know that there's there is a lobby, of course, that are lobbying for uh, tighter controls on betting, um, and I think eventually, you know, um, given that uh, a lot of the people that are tempted to to bet their money are uh, are really sort of at the bottom end of the poverty scale and um, and struggling just just to live, never mind going to place a bet on the horses or a bet uh, on on a football match. So um, longer term, I see more consolidation. Of course, you know. Um, that will be subject to to the the uh, the views of the CMA, but um, overall, overall, uh, do I see further growth for this market? Um, they're going to have to evolve and change their market, but on the current market, I it, it's hard to see really. Now, I can't see a great deal of growth for this year um, unless they come up with a new model, and particularly if the if there's a clampdown by the UK government uh, and governments around the world on on betting. Exactly, I think I think the pressure is very much uh, against uh, the companies, but that doesn't take away. Uh, I mean, the astounding rebound in in the share price that uh, Flutter have had. Uh, yeah. People are talking about, uh, uh, were talking about a V-shaped uh, recovery in the economy. Uh, Flutter Entertainment have certainly had a V-shaped recovery in their share price yeah. after hitting fifty pounds. Now now trading up at ninety five pounds. So um, obviously a lot of interest and. and uh, you know, it does show that during this period, deals can get done and, and deals are being done. So I think that does bode well for, for the wider economy as uh, as we move out of the, uh, the crisis. So we, we're going to finish up, uh, Alan, with two companies that uh, that you've been looking at. They're operating in the, the mineral space. Now, what is it that sort of draws you um, particularly to these two? So we've got, uh, we're looking at here, is Blencow Resources and Tertiary Minerals. Yeah. Um, what's making those two stand out for you this week, Alan? Okay, so firstly, Blencow Resources, the Epicode is uh, it's, uh, London, of course, on the market. Um, BRES is the Epicode. Um, now, the company is currently worth currently worth just on um, £8 million, pounds. Um, the um, the it came came back to market after suspension um, on the twenty eighth of April um, after it acquired and now one hundred percent owns the Orem 
graphite project in Uganda. Um, and this is this is a this is very going to be I think play, playing a key role in the uh, the battery industry going forward um, because graphite is, isn't particularly high profile as a mining commodity, but um, but it's it makes up approximately half the weight of lithium ion batteries, of course, used in electric vehicles and storing renewable energy and so on. Um, now, the, the Orem Graphite project um, is estimated to contain over 3 billion tonnes. Um, but it isn't just normal graphite, it's what they call jumbo graphite, which is the, the, the top quality large flakes, um, large flake graphite. Um, and that sells per tonne for something like $1,800 per tonne at present. Well, I, th I think that's the top price, but um, uh, somewhere around, somewhere around uh, $1,700 to $1,800 per tonne. So, of course, you put that against an, an estimated 3 billion tons, you've got a huge company here. Um, the company, uh, the uh, Orange Cross Graphite Project is also based in Uganda. And of course, Uganda is um, one of the most stable African countries. Um, and currently, estimates uh, re reckon that over 50% of the world's graphite is going to come out of South African countries. But um, the, re, the, uh, the, the graphite is also located in some of the higher risk um, countries um, in the region, such as Mozambique and Madagascar. Um, and, you know, if there, is, if there is any disruption politically in those countries in the future, then, of course, um, if the EV market is in full swing, as it's uh, currently, currently building up to be, there could well be a, a supply issue. Um, and this is where the on cross pro project really comes in. So I think you know the, the companies, the, the company came back to market. It's had a really strong week. It came back at six uh, p. Currently trading at um, at at uh, eight, just over eight p. But really, this I, I think, given the size of the project, once this is underway um, and uh, and and the mining commences, um, it's going to fly. The, the other thing is that too that a lot of the graphite is very near the surface, so. That makes it easy to mine. It also means that the mining costs are very low too. So, yeah, just come back to market one to watch. But I think this is a really exciting little company to get involved in right now. So, is there any indication of timeline when operations will start with that one, Alan? Um, uh, currently, that they've they've just basically completed the uh, they've completed the, uh, the the purchase of the acquisition. Um, or, or, or the acquisition of of the project, and uh, they'll be underway shortly. Um, I'm just going to just double check on the on the timeline on that. If you just bear with me, um, but um, it, it's uh, it's going to be taking place. The the, the draw pro that they they put out an announcement um, on uh, on on May the fourth uh, regarding the the, the draw projects. Um, the the uh, the uh, the drilling. Um, so, so they've, they've already commenced some of the drilling there, um, and uh, the 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 phase five exploration program um, to to establish the job resource uh, is going to be taking place um, in quarter two and quarter three this year. Okay, so there, there's some, there's something there for investors to be keeping uh, keeping an eye on. Yeah, indeed. In, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the job resource is expected in quarter three. Sorry, not 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 quarter two, but uh, but okay. yeah, it, it, it's it's very it's very near term. So I mean, it's, it's an interesting project there because I mean the, the demand for such batteries uh, is is only increasing um, at this point in time, and I think uh, as we've seen um, such a reduction in emissions uh, 
throughout this period. I, I think it shows yeah. what can be can be done and will probably speed up that process. Towards, I, I think you're absolutely right, Jonathan. You know, it's the the uh, the lockdown has just provided ample evidence, uh, if anyone was wondering, about uh, how taking vehicles off the road cleans up the environment. Uh, you know, while you know this this sort of the abundance of wildlife, the the quality of the air, everything has just had such a massive impact. And I think you know, if ever there was a time to learn a lesson, it's right now. Exactly. So. An interesting company to to keep an eye on there. So we're going to finish off, Alan, with one which I think we have uh, have discussed before in uh, in recent weeks. Um, now this is again a minerals company, but it's it's looking uh, at precious uh, precious metals this time, uh, and that's tertiary. Uh, Alan, what's uh, what's come up from them to this week? Okay, so tertiary minerals. Um, uh... The, the, the company has been on the market for a long time. It's currently got a tiny market cap. Um, I mean, the market cap is literally just, just over £2 million pounds at the moment. Um, the, so the company has three, uh, it has three fluor spa resources. Um, the largest one is in Nevada in the USA. Um, and they've got uh, fluor spa is, is, a, is a, 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 it's a commodity that's used in um, smelting, in optics, it's had a, has a, a very wide range of applications, um, but it's a fairly benign market there at the moment. So, um, in order to generate uh, near term uh, near term activity and uh, and and revenues into the company, uh, Tertiary um, acquired last year two two gold projects in in Nevada. Um, the the Paymaster project, which actually is a polymetallic project, and the Pyramid Project, which is a gold project. Now, these are based on the Walker Lane belts, uh, which is which is legendary for um, gold production. In fact, um, there's some six million ounces of gold produced um, um, in the region around the license area for Pyramid in in 2017. Um, and it's 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 long been established as the most desirable area in the world to go. And, uh, and drill for gold because pretty well everywhere you drill there, there's something there so uh, tertiary announced um, uh, toward the end of last month um, that uh, they mobilized the drill rig there ahead of schedule this is at the pyramid project they successfully um, drilled a hole to a depth of 137 meters um, and currently the uh, the, um, the 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 matter that's been re- removed from the hole has been taken to uh, a lab in reno nevada um, to examine and log the uh, the data from the from the from the drilling. Um, so, uh, given the given that uh, uh, analysis and, and checks are be due to be completed in four weeks, um, probably in the next week to week and a half, we should get some detail back from that to indicate uh, the amount of gold that's that's within that. So, um, at that point. Um, Given the research has already been done, I think there's a very good chance that we'll get some quality data back from that hole, and we should see an uplift in the share price, which currently trades between well, it's currently at 0.3p, which gives it a market cap of, um, as I say, just over two million pounds. Okay, so again, that's one that has uh, a number of uh, uh, potentially lucrative projects uh, there in the pipeline, but. Could you tell us a little bit more about Floor Spa? Because obviously everybody knows about gold, um, but but Floor Spa, um, maybe listeners aren't too familiar. 
with that? What what are its main applications? Well, Forspot it has a multitude of of applications. Um, it, it's it's used in smelting, so so the uh, so the process of smelting um, uh, steel production. Um, it's used in producing optics. Um, it, it's uh, it's the predominant sort of. I suppose it's in in commercial terms. It's it's the predominant commercial source from the chemical element of fluorine, um, and it's it, it's. Uh, it's basically used across across this uh, this range of um, uh, of applications, but it was also it's also classed as one of the critical minerals um, by the uh, by the EU and uh, and uh, also other other bodies around the world. Um, so the yeah, as I say, it's just got this multitude of applications. Um, uh, it's also, of course, in demand in in burgeoning economies, and there was China itself has. Uh, Quite a few of uh, uh, fluor spar resources, and that, but it got to a point where they had to close some of the fluor spar mines down in China due to the conditions and safety issues. So China was starting to import fluor spar last year, which did cause a, a bit of a spike in the price. But um, but yeah, it, it's um, it's it's also also used in the chemical industry to manufacture hydrofluoric acids, um, as I say, glass, ceramics, enamelware, um, and uh, as I say, in in the uh, in the process of of smelting iron, steel, and and uh, alloys. So I brought a broad a broad, uh, a broad range there, and obviously one that's in, you know very much in demand, given as you said, uh, uh, which has been happening with many uh, many forms of minerals, uh, mines being shut down in in China, which does create a, a spike in uh, well, not a spike of demand, it, it creates a supply shock there. Um, yeah. So very well placed tertiary. For the uh, for the fuller spa, yeah. So, Alan, thank you very much for uh, for joining us today. Thank you, Jonathan. Pleasure to be uh, on on the uh, on the podcast again. So we're um, we'll be back next week. There is a uh, UK Investor Magazine virtual investor presentation uh, happening next Tuesday. So um, do register for that. It's um, pinned to our Twitter account, and there will be a link to register in the notes of this 